Welcome to On the Record, episode 231. Today we sit down with special guest, aka Frank. Music, life, and you style. Art. Listening. You. Music, life, you, and you style. Art. Listening to. On the record. Thank you for joining us today. Oh man, I'm blessed to be here, man. Thank you for having me. You're in your hometown during your city's best weather at a local food joint, and music outside begins to play. I'm in Oakland on seminary at JJ's, and I hear some, uh, I hear some old school, three times crazy playing in the background as I'm walking out. Oh man, you know I got to get the uh, the chicken wings and the catfish. <laughs> there you go. With extra tartar sauce. Hey, what color would best describe your sound? Man, that's a great question. Uh, I said what color best describe my sound? Maybe gold, because I just feel like uh, that's what I strive to try to accomplish is gold to be able to get gold to reference it with uh, like you know having medals or whatever. Yeah, I try. We want to go for the gold every time we make a song. So I would say gold. If you could create a music dream team, who would be in your squad of five? Man, okay. So uh, a music dream team, I would have to say. Sheesh, this is a great question. My music dream team would probably consist of Kanye West, for sure. He would definitely be, he would probably like be my, uh, kind of like my conductor, my orchestrator, because I just like right. where his mind is musically, where yeah. he goes and where, uh, you know, he, just like when he did his last project, he, uh, you know, he released one on Tidal, then he released another one on Apple, and he went, went over and did other things again. Right. You know, he's just like a perfectionist, so it's good to have a perfectionist on the team. And then I would like to have, uh, I would have to say, man, Erica Badu. Hey. She would definitely be on my music wow. team. She's just, man, she's great. Everything about Erica is just great. She's Her spirit and just just her, her voice and her songs and her, man, she, everything about her is great. That organic sound. You know what I'm saying? Definitely the organic root. Oh, man, this is crazy. Uh, let's see. I need somebody from the south in there too. I would have to say, I would I would need either Ti or Lil Wayne if I want somebody just to produce for me. I would say, oh man, I'm either gonna say Manny Fresh, wow, which is crazy. He's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say Manny, or I'm gonna say Zaytoven. One of those two people. I would just have. They could just produce for me all the time. Zaytoven is so talented yeah. in what he does with the key movements and right. everything. He's just great. Tell us about the Thizzler exclusive release with Escobestro. Uh, Street Therapy. That is an um, album me and my boy Escobestro did. It's basically, you know, me and him, we come from like two different worlds, two different upbringings. He, uh, he's, he's giving his side of where he's come from onto the album and I'm giving the side of where I come from what I've been through and what I'm going through now on right. the side of the album and it's just like it's just, like just street remedy street therapy of what's going on today and, uh, you know today in society as well it's not just like a not really like a party album or anything it's just something that you I want you to listen to and just get conscious about it's conscious hip hop yeah definitely I would call it conscious hip hop too yeah. even on, on from both our sides of the spectrum how about the volume 1 2 and 3 albums like what is your whole thing with releasing so much music man I mean which is great I think that it sets you apart in a really good way to be able to provide so much music 
I just try to feed into my fan base, and also as I feed my fan base, I try to expand and grow bigger yeah. by doing bigger things. But the reason why I want to do so much music is because, like, I get when I'm in the home and I'm creating. I have so much in there, and it's tough to continue to look at all the music that I'm doing. So it's just like, it was at one point where before I had the volume one, volume two, I had maybe about 300 songs on a hard drive. And my dumb self, right, this is what happens to me. I go, lock my keys in the trunk. I left my keys in the trunk, stayed at my friend's house next day. Hard drive, everything out the trunk, stolen, car stolen. Yeah. So that let me know right there, because I was becoming a music hoarder. You feel okay. me? Okay. I just, okay. I, I got 300 songs, but I'm like, oh, I'm not ready just to, for like one album. And then I learned how to uh, just keep creating because as I create, I can be able to plan ahead while I'm creating because I can make all this music and then be able to set up a timeline for maybe two years or something like that just to have my music life in order yeah for uh the next upcoming years or whatever with traveling videos knowing what's coming out because the way i record is just like i just try to get my i record randomly every day and i place music in different folders to what sounds what sounds similar like like volume three like on, on those albums i would say like on volume two I had like a maybe about seven of those songs for like six months already, and then I came back in and boom, six more, boom, and then same thing with like uh, like with volume three, I it's songs that I had to pass on, and then wait, yeah, because they weren't, I didn't feel like they weren't good enough. I just didn't feel like they didn't fit my scheme of this album, and so I just it's a song I got called Yeah Yeah Yeah. Oh, that's a great dropped. song. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so uh. That song was supposed to go on volume three. Okay. But I didn't put, because I just felt like, man, volume three has a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of yeah. bangers on here. Right. I'm going to let me hold on to this one, and I'm just put it on OT. And it, it all worked out perfectly, too, though. So it's just about having me, for me to have a structure and to set my process up. To be able to think that far ahead, it, it means you're in this game to win. Man, definitely. We got you know what I mean? You're thinking ahead. Don't be a music hoarder. <laughs> there you go, guys. If you're listening, don't be a music hoarder. Don't be a music hoarder at all. But put that stuff out there because you never know where it's going to take you. And the age that we're in with music is like we're on the internet. Anything could happen like that. That's yep. why. Why not take a chance? Like you, it's, it's a song. You know what I'm saying? You can't. I don't. I feel like in music, it's just all. All you can get back is feedback. That's the only thing with music, like, and then it's just like whatever, you know, right. good feedback, bad feedback, it's whatever, you know. Right, and you won't get that until you put those those songs out there. Man, definitely, you will never get that until you put it out there. And I used to, like, especially when I was transitioning from being with my group diligence yes. to transitioning to being a solo artist, it was like those first songs. I was like, I put out one project, and then after that, I, that's when I became a hoarder because it was like, oh man. Maybe I didn't get the response I thought I was going to initially get. So now let me figure out who I am. Let me figure out what, what's next. Who is AKA Frank? For people that haven't heard your sound or your music, name one instrument that comes to mind to describe your sound right now. An instrument. If we had to use an instrument, I would say, <laughs> I don't know if this is an instrument, but a clap <laughs> a clap <laughs> it, it clap. No. clap there you go 
But um, I don't know, man. If I could use a word that maybe not a, a instrument, maybe it's like it's like maybe like hyphy melodic or okay. something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Up tempo, but more melodies. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. have a Bay with Bay Area beats, but I'm more like vibey on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not more. I, I rap on them, but I'm not. You not see me screaming on them. I got. Right. I feel like I'm. I'm just I'm just more melodic on my songs. Yeah. yeah, and you have a lot of chord progression. And chord progression, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining us on this episode of On the Record. We have special guest, aka Frank, in the studio, and we're talking everything music. So from 2013 to now, music that you are making has taken shape, and it's going from rapping flows to structured songwriting. Mm-hmm. And I noticed there's been there's a transition like they're they're more structured. Yeah, definitely. My my recording process is so like I don't know. Maybe it might not be different, but to me it's different because like I'll record all my hooks first. Okay. To me, the beat and the hook are the two most important parts of a record, you in my it. opinion. Because once you get a hook with some uh, some subject matter, or just any type of topic, then it's easy to create melodies off of that. So that's why I try to like when I'm if we're if I'm with the crew with my with my producers we're vibing we're making beats and then I we hear some it's like okay where do we I, I always ask this question where did this beat where do we feel like we're at where do, where do you see yourself at where did, when when we hear this beat like are we at a party. Are we are we are we at my mom's house crying? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, what are we like? It's so many different scenarios of life that I just try to take people through. Even if I'm talking about women, I might talk about women, but then I might talk about like the different types of women or like the different ways that I've been hurt by women or the ways that I even hurt women. So you just gotta. I just try to create so much subject matter though. How fundamental is music to your existence? Music is everything for me because. Uh, I started when I was in fourth grade. I was in band. I was a, uh, I was a. They called us band geeks. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in band from fourth grade. I started with the trumpet. Then I went to the trombone. Oh, then okay. I went to the tuba. No, I went to the baritone. Then the tuba. The tuba was the one that I was really actually really good at. The bass tuba. I was uh, in tenth grade. I made all honor band for uh, the, like the West Contra Costa Unified wow. School District. So it was pretty. That was pretty cool. So music. I just had a love for it. When I first picked up the trumpet and learned how to play, it was just music is like music and math too go hand in hand as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love I liked math as well. So I liked the counting the beats. One, two, three, four, learning different measures. I just liked the uh I liked the fundamentals of how I was taught of it and it, it made me want to do more like the uh learning the notes of every good boy does fine. The A C E yeah. for all the uh space notes. So it was just it was just the when the, my teacher, I owe it to my fourth grade teacher who taught me music because they Great. taught it in a way that it made me want to like, oh, this is, this is tight. Like, I, I gotta uh, thank my mom because she took it on her own and bought me a keyboard one day, just not one like just a, a keyboard where I could play the piano. And I self taught myself how to play the piano, or at least play chords and play notes and and transition. Yeah. So it's just that that part right there, music, and then uh. My um, my uncle actually is uh, Ready Freddie Washington. He wrote the uh, Forget Me Not song, so it just music is kind of like in our family in the blood. 
and I look up him to a lot to a lot of accomplishments he's done and what he's what and all the people he's worked with from BB King to Michael Jackson to to everybody. So it's just challenge when I see that it's like okay, so it's in me. Right. I know it's in me. Now let's go. Let's see what I can do. Let's see how I can take from what he did with his, with our family generation and to see what I can do going to the next uh, next generation. So it's something that you were born with and it's something that you've wanted to pursue since you were very young. Yes, definitely. Because you've taken the time to educate yourself on what is songwriting, what is uh, composing. Yes, I got to thank my, uh, like, my. I looked up to my, even though he was like a hard, hard dude, testy dude, my music teacher, Mr. Nesbitt at Pinot Valley, he was so much of a perfectionist when it come to playing these notes and how they supposed to be played. Right. So that's why I feel like in the studio we have to be perfectionists yes. on how we say these notes and how those keys have to come out and be played as well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you, you're you so involved in, in the process. Playing all those different classical orchestra type songs kind of helped me be able to create melody and because I've played so many different one heard so many different one from the wind instruments people into all the the percussion instrument people so it just gives me like man this is where it stems from so let me add some classical stuff to some hip-hop and it could it could all work out just being able to play different melodies is what I really got out of that a lot take us through that epiphany moment in which the significance of music in your life was presented that moment when a fire was ignited in you to be a part of music. So not to appreciate music or listen to music or go educate yourself on music, but when was it that you had that moment in your life where you realized music is where I need to be? I would have to say I was making a decision when I was maybe in 10th grade. I was in the sports, but it was like, I'm like, am I going to really be a good football player this junior year? So I really like cat it off on like going to football practice because, you know, when you in, in the summer, you're supposed to have like a certain amount of weight training days that you're supposed to go right, to. Right. And so I probably went to like maybe a, a fourth of them. <laughs> and so I just made that decision. Like if I'm not going to play football, what am I going to do? I was still in band. And so I did another year of band. Somebody learned, taught me Cool Edit Pro. And so what I did was I bought a little mic. Got downloaded Cool Edit Pro. I tied the mic around my uh, with some tape around my mom's little lamp that she used to have. So I was just like, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. And then I made my first ever CD, and then I sold it at my school. And I would say that I sold maybe I say I pressed up about 500 copies, and I sold five, all 500 of the copies at my school. So that kind of made me be like, okay, you can, cause I was popular at school especially around like 11th grade and stuff. And so I was like, okay, well, the music might not be super good. It, was, it wasn't, but you use your popularity to help you get at least your foot in the door. That's what I took from that. When I joined the group Diligence around, like I just doing my thing, then uh, Prank, he was one of the guys, then Jay and Dame, they knew each other. Jay went to Hercules, me, Dame, and, and Prank, we all went to uh, Pinot together. So when I got with them, that's when it really became team oriented. That was the first group that I ever uh, like got a manager, seen a manager, iTunes, a show, making money off shows and stuff. So that's when the team stuff. When I start seeing like, okay, this is we really need all these. There's a business. Yeah, exactly. Like now, as I've grown as a solo artist, 
I've understand that the business side is like it's a big side of it. When I'm in the studio, I gotta be able to make these songs and pump them out. I can't waste time in the lab because I gotta still be able to generate all this focus towards the business side, and that's a pretty big side because you can't. It's like hard for artists to do it all. That's why they really have people who come through and like will take care of the marketing. Like that's what I want to do. I want to have people who on my marketing side. I want to really just focus on the creative side and then we can get those people to put it together. Your manager is in LA, right? Yes, sir. I have a LA team and a, a Bay Area team. My Bay Area team real, real close to me day to day. And so we just try to put it all together. And then the LA team uh, with active management, they like are part of like my uh, marketing. Ever since, I've been messing with them since the new year. Once social media came and they saying, okay, followers, Oh, well, this person has, he has 2 million followers, and he's not following anybody. So he must be of some type of significant. It's like persona first, then music second. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm learning, too, as well. What is the best part of your creation process? I would say making the beat. Making the beat. Making the beat is my favorite part of the process because it's just like building from nothing like especially when i like produce for other people it like it gives me a great feeling because i produced it and then they juices are start going like i don't know what they thinking when i'm making it i'm just i'm just trying to go give them some energy and then they when they make a fire song and especially if it's not me if they, somebody else make a fire song to my my beat it's just like it's even more it makes me it, like all right let's do the next one there you go. Because I've been told that I'd be like, they'd be like, man, bro, you'd be making your beats in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I'd just be like, but I'll I be so zoned out making them. <laughs> I, don't lose even, track of time. I don't even look at the time. So that is uh, the production team, right? Hey, yeah. I made this beat. Yes. Hey, I made this beat. Shout out JNAT, Justin Case, Mods, Gabby, Frenchie. You know what I'm saying? They all, those are my producers and my production team. I was doing it on my own when I first did it since maybe like 2010, 2009, when I first set it on one of a song. And then I just like, okay, I'm going to take this tag. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep using it. When I got the idea of a group to like a super producer group, I just was like, I see my boy Justin Case. He had his own tag too. And I just was like, bro, what do you think about just, you know what I'm saying, coming over to me, we'll get some more producers, and we just use this one tag and just build that brand up together and just, like, create do business like that. He thought it was a great idea. I reached out to my neighbor, my neighbor Jason. He started making beats. I kind of, like, almost got him into, like, making beats. He used to see me. He used to hear me at the house next door clapping in the garage. And so I got him kind of making beats, too, and he's, like, super talented now. He's, like off the chain with his beats and then gabby and jacob they're la based so and they're young too mods is from santa rosa and they all don't make the same type of beats i want hey i made this beat to be in all type of genres See, i want to dominate genres like with our production like we want to be number one in pop number one in rap number one in rock what are some challenges in this journey through music that you're on uh just Politics, you know, just the, the normal politics and then just being able to ingratiate myself with the with the public more, get out and show my face more. But that's it. That's because I'm so consumed with wanting to record all night. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to know that, all right, you're going to make these songs, Frank, but in order for people to hear them, you still have to, you can post on the gram, but you still got to be in the streets proactive doing the thing. Because 
people try to say like, oh, don't do CDs no more. I think CDs still have value. Like, yeah, you might not, I'm not not saying like we don't people not gonna buy them or whatever. But if I have a CD and it has my uh, a scan code that it takes you to all my social media, all my Apple. And somebody's gonna see that they're gonna do that, go to their scan code, and they also gonna still pop that in their car just to exactly see, just before they even go to the scan code. You can't get, limit yourself. Exactly. You can't limit yourself. If there's a tape and you can record on the tape, you gotta release that tape. Gotta release the tape. The significance of uh, 2015 for you? How was that? Yeah, 2015 was crazy. First person that signed me, his name's Eric Johnson, Full Pour Entertainment. He was uh. He was gunned down at the Wiz Khalifa concert. Went back in the back at the Shoreline a few years ago, and um, when that hit me, that's 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 that kind of like rocked my foundation for a little bit. One thing that stuck with me that never made me gave up was his slogan: "Full pull, we we pull each other up." And he had another one that was just like, uh, "Don't worry about nothing, go get it, go after it. If no people don't want to mess with it, whatever, we gonna we gonna boss up and do it." And so I felt like when I lost him, I had to boss up. I had to, I had to not to say I could replace and do what he did, but I had to step it up musically. I had to step it up in all levels. So I had to just go and reach out to these different people, do projects with them, and just get it out there. And uh, me and Sue been rocking since 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 seventh grade, man. Since uh, since Stewart, man. He's just a big supporter of me, like, yeah. and he just he took me on tour with him for the first time. First time I ever been on a tour was with him and g Easy and uh, E-40, and he was just bringing me out to do the song that we had on the Mustard album. Man, that was a 2015, definitely opened some doors. The Biggie Smalls album, I believe, came out in 2015 that I did with him. That album was real a real good look. It like basically grew my name from right there, doing the album with him. So you say that you there came a moment in 2015 where you had to get up, get out, and, and get what you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a moment when you have thought about giving up on pursuing your musical endeavor? Uh, yeah, because, you know, the devil plays tricks on you sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But you just got to block out the nonsense and you got to know that you're here for a purpose. You wouldn't be, these doors wouldn't be opening for you if you had another calling or this wasn't a part of your, uh, whatever your true calling is. This could be the big a big stepping stone to my next calling. It's, the music might uh, open the door, I might be an actor. New people might not never know that, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So you just gotta block out the nonsense, block out the noise, and just focus up and really just strengthen your mind to know that you're on on the right path. It's just about, I had to, uh, like, it was, it'd be times that, you know, with the game and being so hard, you'd be like, you put out something, you start seeing, you think it's so good. And then you put out, you think other people put out something and it might be like, you think it's all right, but it's like blowing up and it's like, it might get to you. You might be like, man, why are they not feeling me? But you can't, you, uh, I train myself not to, not to think like that because it's all about timing. It's all about your, your work ethic and if you deserve it at the moment. Yo, the work ethic is a big, big, big deal. Definitely. And you have a lot of that, man. You release a lot of music. Like we <laughs> said in the beginning, you are releasing multiple albums in a year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what year was that that we did six? We did six in one year. Uh, that was last year. Yep, we did. <laughs> that was last year I did. Man, that was a good year. With the Biggie Smalls, the 808s and Love Make 2, Trap Moses. Oh, Bay K was on there. Yeah, it was a lot. We did we did some cool ones. Being in that environment, in that zone, we just have to find that niche. You know what I'm saying? Just try to find something 
that we can find inspiration off of every time, though, because we go through so much. We see everything that's going on. It's like I got to be able to do a lot of different music. I can't rap one way all the time because I'm not living one way. I'm, I'm doing so many different things, and I'm seeing so many different things going on in my environment, in my neighborhood, that I just... You just got to speak on it. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's, you got to find that inspiration. What has been the most satisfying moment in your career this far? I would say the most satisfying when my mom heard my song, Stories, and she shed a tear. Like the song gave her, she felt it. And it wasn't like she didn't, it wasn't like, I don't know why. She just, when she told me that it gave her tears, and it, and it, there was good tears, though. It wasn't, like, bad. She just, like, the song made me feel some type of way. And I'm like, okay, I'm, this is what I, that's what I want to do. I want to impact people's emotions, like, and the way people think. So that's that was a real satisfying moment for me because she's a tough lady, tough West Oakland lady. <laughs> so she, having seen her cry to that was, like, was crazy to me. Like you got the power to make people feel something if your yeah, mom's crying through exactly. a song, you know? And that's like, that's happened to me before. It's like crazy. If you could go back in time and give a younger you some advice about the musical journey that you're on. Man, focus up. Get Stop tricking with them. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, really just, I should have been more attentive to the business side earlier. And I probably would be steps ahead than where I am now. But... I probably wasn't ready, mentally ready for it. So now we we here. There you go. You have been listening to On the Record with special guest, a.k.a. Frank, on episode 231. Tell us where people can find you on social media. Oh, man. Every single social media platform, I got the same handle. It's a.k.a. One Frank. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And on Facebook, my music page. Go like my music page. It's just a.k.a. Frank on SoundCloud, backslash, a.k.a. Frank, and Apple Music, Spotify. Y'all know where to find me, man, a.k.a. Frank, baby. A.k.a. Frank, thank you for being here in our studios. Man, thank you for having me, bro. I yep. really appreciate the time to talk about this stuff with you. Absolutely. Before you leave, put us on some game. What albums, songs, or artists are you listening to right now? Uh, what I'm listening to? Ooh, I'm listening to some Esco Bestro, that's for sure. Hey. Esco is one of them, man, he just like, his voice is just so crazy. Yeah. He got a deep voice that's just crazy. I'm listening to him right now, and I'm listening to a lot of oldies. There you go, guys. A.K.A. Frank from Oakland. Thank you for listening to On The Record, episode 231. If you are digging the episode and you have something to say, please let me know. I'm on Twitter at KidNinjalos. You can also comment here below. Thank you for listening to On The Record.